Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. She is a comedian, a world traveler, economist, and the host and creator of the Villains of History podcast, Always a pleasure to have her with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Kat Alvarado, welcome. Hello, hello, and thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Looking Absolutely. looking forward. Uh, we got some interesting things to talk about today. As always, we are also joined by the comedian, scholar, and black voice of reason. Always a pleasure to introduce Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Dave. Power to the people. Good to be here. Good, good to have you here as well. So thank you for being here. As Timon mentioned, I am Dr. David Robinson, your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, ideally as well for the current one. And as I mentioned, we do have a lot to talk about. But first, a brief message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast. But it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, just in time for the holidays, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread. It's time for a second peak, or maybe a third. Who knows? But it was a very busy week. Election Day finally ended this week for the third time with the Supreme Court striking down Texas frivolous lawsuit and admitting that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the next president and vice president to lead America. Somewhat fitting because today is the 20th anniversary of the Supreme Court's decision in Bush versus Gore. Uh, also somewhat fitting, it's National Dingaling Day, uh, which not not what I thought it was. Uh, you, you know, you, I read the internet, so I find these things. But uh, no, uh, this is actually like a, a national day where you're supposed to call people uh, with whom you've lost touch, maybe, you know, old roommates, uh, someone in the family, you know, that you just haven't talked to in a while. But uh, yeah. You know, reenact your own tear-jerking AT&T commercial because it's National Dingling Day. Also, uh, the International Day of Neutrality. It's a UN thing. Uh, it is Universal Healthcare Day. And on that note, as of today, we've got... Timpani. 
295,712 Americans dead from the coronavirus, breaking a record of 3,000 deaths per day this week multiple times. And we've got 15,977,100 confirmed cases. On the topic of numbers, we still have 628 immigrant children who remain separated from their parents because Trump's America. So, good times. We did have we did have some good news, potentially good news on the virus front this week. We have we have a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so with, exciting. whether it's Simon, actually going to be available. <laughs> Simon is not as excited. <laughs> well, it's, it's um, I like to be, but when you have McCarthy threatening the, the FDA guys saying, if you don't put the damn thing out or approve it, I'm going to do, you can turn in your paperwork. I'm like, dude, why are you fucking with our mouth? Yeah. This is how we got in this problem. Well, and that's. <sighs> You know, that that is the the one thing that I think a lot of people, myself included, the whole idea that, well, if it's a Trump vaccine, I don't know. And this is exactly why people had that reluctance. Uh, of course, you know, the, the FDA was going to approve the vaccine for emergency use. You know, it isn't like the full FDA approval, but they were going to do that no later than this morning, uh, Saturday morning, the 12th. But uh, no, you know, White House had to act like, oh, we're the big tough guys and they're doing this because of us. And that is exactly why people are reluctant to trust the vaccine. However, well, well, wait real quick, because one thing that if you've been keeping up with the news, uh, vaccines are going to be shipping out and arriving uh, around the states on Monday, so that's a good thing. The, there's you know the issue of the cold storage and, and appropriate transportation because it needs to be kept colder than a Los Angeles apartment in these bleak days of December. It was in the fifties last night, freezing. Uh, at Becky's standards, that is not freezing. But uh, so the the vaccine has to be kept cold and they're they're saying that the first people to receive the vaccine are going to be frontline health workers and elderly people in nursing homes and other you know really dangerous situations covid wise that they can't get themselves out of who gets it next well that's you know the the big issue that's being debated and I want to know if you guys agree with me or if I'm just, you know, being my usual cynical self, but all these folks in the media, like it, it makes sense that the living ex presidents would say, Hey, if it's going to help convince people to do this, we will get the vaccine live on television. And now it seems like people are coming out of the woodwork, you know, TV show personalities, athletes, Pretty much anyone with access to a microphone, which, as we are currently proving, is anyone these days. But anyone, everyone's, oh, well, I'll be the first if it'll inspire others to take it. And I'm wondering, am I alone in thinking they just want the vaccine ASAP? They don't, they don't <laughs> give a shit about, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be an influencer. 
I mean, yeah, if otherwise they have to wait until May. I, I, if I had like a public, fo- like a big enough public following, I'd be like, yeah, give it to me first. I'll, I'll influence for sure. Heck yeah. yeah. Well, the only, the only problem that when you were talking about, you know, Dave, someone actually taking the, it's because the history of the United States. Oh and, well, for and, and, for the African American you know, black community, well, African Americans. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, they do not. And people say, "Oh, it's in the past, tied. It doesn't matter." That's bullshit. They would not still feel this way. Wait, and I'm talking about now. All people of color. But we had have, we had, had a black had, president. We cured racism, didn't we? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 amazing that they that they blame Obama actually for the divide. They don't even blame Trump. Yeah, well, you know, it's his fault for being black. If if he if he hadn't been black, people wouldn't have had any reason to get upset. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, Michelle's arms were. If Michelle hadn't showed her arms, and if Obama hadn't wore a tan suit, I mean, but they don't really trust. I mean, look at Europe. I mean, it, it, we they immediately stuck a ninety-year-old woman. In the UK, booyah, gave her a shot. No right in the deal. UK. I thought it was in the upper arm, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but here we are. Those we're Brits have different names through. for everything. We're still checking things out. We're still going through this whole process, and we can't get one old person to step up, whereas they found, I don't know where they found that woman at, but they made her a star now. Her name is spread all over the newspapers and everything and here she is she's the first person dude where's betty white where's betty white when you need her right (laughs) there you go (laughs) she's an american treasure being being kept somewhere (laughs) hopefully very very safe but that's that's another thing that i'm not cynical enough to get upset about people applauding when an airplane lands you know if you're on the plane uh if you're not maybe it's just a little strange but you know i know people oh god yeah people who clap when the airplane lands but watching the the news coverage of the the first elderly people in Britain getting inoculated, it just seemed so weird to me that I was watching news coverage of people applauding an old person getting a shot. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, thinking like a comic. Well, no, I mean that's not even comic. That's just like, wow, what you know. And I, I hate reality shows, you know. So the news is the closest I get to reality programming. Right. But of all the things I've seen, groups of people applaud in my life. That just seemed really, really weird. Like weirder than the the aforementioned when your airplane lands i i you know i think when when the lockdowns end and we are freer to travel safely uh around the country let alone the world i i will applaud everything good that happens on an airplane drink cart coming down the aisle fuck yeah <laughs> Woo! bust but, out you know, the they, air what's, horns what's, what's you know. crazy is is that I, you 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 complained because they were going to make you wear a mask. You don't want to do mitigation, but you say, "Oh, once we get the vaccine, everything's going to be wonderful." And then all of a sudden, I'm not taking that shit. Oh no, we got to find someone. I don't know. I'm not going to take it. You know, what we and need then, we need to bring back. And I, you know, I hesitate to to sound like, you know, I want to get 
America back into the internment camp business. But <laughs> because I don't, uh, I, I think that's, you know, a very dark part of America's history that we need to keep bringing up and acknowledge because over the last four years, we came dangerously close and, you know, we still have a little more than a month left. So anything could happen, kids. But not internment camps, but something more akin to leper colonies where let's get all these anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers and just, you know, put them in a, in a safe place, you know, shouldn't be somewhere horrible. Idaho, they seem to like it up there. Um, <laughs> and it, it, there's plenty or Montana, Wyoming, places where there is plenty of open land. Uh, we should talk to the tribal governments to make sure we're not infringing we'll on their them turf. Out with the Native Americans. You know what? <laughs> well, they might have reservations. Hey, oh. I'm just saying like, we'll give them their own. Yeah. Little I mean, square. that's, I, <laughs> but that will keep them from interacting with people who actually want to make the virus go away. Just a, but, just a thought. Until they agree to get their vaccine. <laughs> it's amazing though. While they're dying, they, did you hear how the nurses are saying that the people in their last breath are saying, I didn't think it was real. And next you know, they were dead. They were actually telling the nurses that they don't believe it's real. They thought it was a joke or it's a hoax, you know? And I was like, man, did you, did, what is it that you're not getting? Well, I and think then, you remember, uh, what was it? A few weeks ago when, uh, lawyers defending against one of Trump's lawsuits brought up the, the Monty Python, Spanish Inquisition sketch, you know, you don't get three last chances, uh, as cited Monty Python v. Inquisition or whatever. But I, I'm wondering if if nobody has come up with a name for this phenomenon yet, they should start calling it the Black Knight Syndrome. Because in Holy Grail, you know, the Black Knight gets his arm lopped off. No, it's only a flesh wound, you know. And these people who are in <laughs> denial until they're either dead or they got a tube jammed down their throat. I, I really and are still uh, insisting you know, just a I, chest I, cold. It, just give me some Vicks. <laughs> now you're gonna machine breathe. I went to my dentist you. on Wednesday. He's a Armenian cat. He's a Republican, <laughs> and he's he said, "Well, you know, Ty." Uh, they, 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 you know, they do have to check out uh, how they, you know, this, the whole virus thing that was politicized. I said, but Democrats didn't politicize it. Your boy Trump did. Well, that's beside the point. Every time was everything was beside the point. And I was like, <laughs> you guys will not acknowledge that you've been bamboozled. He screwed you. And you get the, the experiment is over. Okay. Frankenstein monster. The tortures are out. They're getting ready to burn down and get rid of the monster. Well, He's speaking of the go. torches, uh, I haven't dug into this, but I, you know, flipping through the social medias this morning, media, I, I saw something. Apparently Trump is meeting with the proud boys today. What? Oh my God. Yeah. It, it just gets worse and worse. He's probably giving them a blessing to start their own militia and have a civil war. Well, that's, that's one of the things I'm wondering. And Hey, that's, that's another great idea. If, if we want to, uh, put these anti-vaxxer, anti-mask COVID denial people 
into areas that are that are safe spaces. Why don't we Why don't we send them to Mar-a-Lago? Send them to the Trump Doral Resort. The, they can They can occupy to use the the current terminology the the many trump resorts and golf courses start start homesteading on on the the fairway and i i you know i said to someone that said you know titus this, this is unprecedented this is a new they're saying that we're trying to do a coup that the trump is trying to take go oh, i said you know in 1899 they did have a coup and that was uh, uh wilmington north carolina and they, there were militias. The, the rich, the, just as they're doing now, they threw out the vote. They overtook the city. They put a militia together. They started shooting people, lynching people. They actually kidnapped people. They also burned shit down. And they took the election. Wilmington, North Carolina is now predominantly white. But back then, it was actually a predominantly black city run by prominent black folks. And this is not new of what we're seeing and that's where all this distrust is coming from that's why people do it the disinformation is amazing that people are not buying into a lot of this stuff that they don't believe that's why 77 million believe trump won i also think they they're not changing their mind because they can't understand the legal terms you know there have been all these cases the stuff gets thrown out and they're like well why don't these blurry videos that i saw on facebook and twitter count as evidence they're going this is evidence and they haven't taken law courses to understand what is legally admissible evidence, what is hearsay, and so on and so forth. And I don't. And there's a reason why only certain people can go to law school. There's a reason there's an LSAT because not everybody can understand legalese. Not everybody has the IQ to follow the freaking logic, and so they can't. None of them are actually watching the hearings. First of all, I don't think that they could keep up with the hearings if they were watching them because there are so many pivots. And I'm sure that they do this to make people confused so that they can't follow it. You know, you've got a judge that asks about item A and then the guy responds about item B as though he was responding to item A. And then the judge goes, no, I was talking about A. And he goes, well, actually C. And she's like, no, I was talking about A. Right. And if, if we recall to something we talked about 20 minutes ago, uh, this and this and that. And also in the statute, that and that and that. Right. What average Joe who doesn't have a college education, who maybe has a GED, some vocational school, is going to watch that and actually be able to follow? Well, no yeah, offense. But, but even I, who have a graduate degree, I'm watching and I, my brain is having to like really focus to pay attention. But in addition Which to a GED, a lot of these people have logged serious hours watching Law and Order on TNT and, <laughs> and focusing on, on the order part. Uh, I guess that's what the, the second half of the show is called. I don't, I don't know. No, I, which is the reason why they, they've been taking advantage. That's why they can lead to blame. You know, I don't, you don't have to know all that. Just know that these people are your problem or they took this from you, but I don't want you to see who's actually behind the curtain. I don't want you to know that the emperor, damn it. He doesn't have any clothes. Well, I think that's, you know? that's what and, it comes down to is they don't, uh, they do have access to trusted sources, but they're putting their trust in untrustworthy sources. Yes. 
Giuliani at one time was, quote unquote, America's mayor, much like the Dallas Cowboys are America's team. I didn't vote for him. I'm not a fan, but whatever. I've got more important things to worry about than than improper nomenclature. But at one point, Giuliani did have credibility and he has squandered that, although to these ignorant masses, I don't know, maybe we could refer to them as deplorable. I will work on it. We'll, we'll send it to marketing. But these people still see Giuliani as a trusted source. And so despite the fact that he is going into court and, and saying this is not a fraud case and, and agreeing with the judge that we have no evidence of fraud, and then going out to the microphones and screaming fraud with the fraudulent fraudsters and the, the fraud. And have I mentioned fraud? Despite the I mean, fact that these are two easily accessible resources for people to look into, they, for whatever reason, more the, the Black Knight syndrome, refuse to acknowledge that, yeah, our, our side doesn't have anything except you know, bluster and, and access to the, the media. I mean, the fact is you can believe that Texas can tell Philadelphia and Wisconsin <laughs> that you need to throw out your vote. Wait a minute. Texas, the last state to acknowledge slavery? Come on, man. You guys are still dealing with all your other past crap that you've done to people over the years that you can't deal with now. And you're going to reach all the way across. I'm going to file a lawsuit that you guys are, uh, I don't like the way you voted. I'm going to throw your shit out. Really? <laughs> and they're wondering, you know, why the Supreme Court is not paying attention. What did um, Alito leave that one sentence? It says, uh, oh, what the, that sentence? The, the, there were the two decisions that came down, but the one the one sentence on, on the Texas case was uh, this case that uh, Alito brought to the court and is subsequently not going to rule on. It Basically, it, it was the Supreme Court, you know, and going back to what Kat was saying, the in, if you translate out of legalese, it, it was, this is bullshit, get bent. Um, <laughs> now, now, what's a hey, what's the center? Katie, Katie, oh, Katie um, Porter, representative. Katie, oh my god! No, Katie no, no, Porter. Katie Porter with the whiteboard and and the oh, the brilliance. Oh wait, is Katie Hill the one with the uh, the threesome? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bongs oh in the Katie, background Katie, and, and the vengeful ex. Porter, look, Katie Porter should be the one ripping into she she ripped into new into uh, Mitch McConnell. And she laid it out. That's when you that now that's the woman that can lay it down in layman terms and get you. And she and you're gonna answer her because she's laying it out so you don't understand what you're and when she put up uh, the a whole diagram on the state of Kentucky and and showed how they're behind in everything from education to jobs to whatever you name, they are below. And he said. How is this man? How are you people still voting for Mitch McConnell? Why is Paul, uh, was it Rand Paul, still in office? Well, that is a problem. I mean, well, you know what my dad would say. Now, my dad is, you know, he is the left wing version of these old men who always vote Republican and are kind of kooky. 
He's so Democrat <laughs> version of that. Died in the wool Democrat. But last night he was saying, we were texting back and forth, and he goes, I once saw a voter roll uh, for Republican registrations for our street when I was voting, and it had numbers of houses that don't exist on our street as Republicans. So his theory is that they stay in power because they managed to steal their own elections in those states. And that's why that they're alleging so much fraud going on in the other ones, because they're going, well, how do these people win? We only win by cheating. They must be cheating. That's yeah. what my dad's saying. But my dad is my dad. So take his word <laughs> for whatever you want. But, well, I mean, but, I but, think I mean, to I a think certain that, extent. That would explain why I, some states that have such low marks in so many things don't change power. Maybe, maybe not here in California, although Orange County, there, there are definitely pockets, Central Coast. But I, I think if you look at the, the gerrymandering and the voter suppression that has gone on in largely southern states uh, and a lot of these places that when the Supreme Court struck down the Voting Rights Act saying we, we think they've learned their lesson. And then, you know, states like Kentucky and Alabama and, you know, South Carolina instantly, well, we're just going to disenfranchise more black people. Uh, because yeah, we, you know, thank you for clearing the way. Thank you for putting your misguided trust in us that we would do the right thing. Not going to happen, but we appreciate the opportunity. What is the reason why they're so pissed at Stacey Abrams? They're pissed at Abrams because she went door to door and they know, and Trump set this up years, you know, in his first, I think two or three years in, I mean, uh, he had already stated that. Well, what he was planning on doing. Oh, yeah. That to, to stay in power. He, he was saying that because they know when black people vote, Republicans lose. The reason why Trump, if people know during voting, black folks, a lot of black people didn't vote. And Trump got in office. They didn't vote for Hillary. And so they know now when you got someone like the Stacey Abrams of the world who are out there putting money together, setting these things up, getting people of color out to vote, you know, it's going, it, it is taking form and they are scared shitless. That's why, you know, people like a, a place like a Texas or a North Carolina, you know, turning blue and Arizona turning blue, that scares them. Well, and with Georgia, at least in the presidential election turning blue, I, I think that really scares them. And it it is amazing that this was just this past week because uh, it feels like years ago in, in pandemic time and Trump time. But the the debates for the Senate seats that are up for grabs in the runoff election in January were held last weekend, last Saturday. Leffler using her same canned responses, uh, radical liberal Warnock, which she like, it was amazing. I mean, it wasn't amazing, but the the number of times she called Warnock a a radical liberal, it's all about repeating the message. Like you were saying, Timon, earlier about Trump saying three years ago, if I lose the next election, it's because it's rigged, and you say it enough, and you you get it into people's heads, and rational thinking people. No, well, that's that's a load of crap, right? But they're you know the same people that are susceptible to TV commercials 
and internet ads. It's the repetition that just keeps the message at the front of your mind. Right. But, which has been, you know, which has been going on for so long. I mean, that's how they got you to buy cars. That's how they turned us into consumers. You're such a consumer that you're so focused on buying shit that you're not paying attention that what's in your best interest. What is, why would you, if you're not like, like Dave Chappelle said, you know, you're not making my kind of money. Republican being a Republican don't help your ass. Your ass is poor. You need, you should be voting democratic to make sure you can get the things that you need. Cause they're for your interest. But if you are saying, we don't want no Obamacare, but yet you can't afford, you don't have any type of medical. Well, and they're that's, trying to take away your Medicare. They're trying to take away your Social Security. That's the issue with, with the Leffler-Warnock debate and what I thought he did a fairly good job of making the case that the Republicans don't have anything except nope, don't. demonizing the Democrats. That's why they have to lean on just calling us radical liberals. Yeah. Radical liberal, radical socialists. It's just a bunch of ad hominem attacks because their policies don't actually do shit. So the last thing they want is to actually talk about policy. All they can go is like, those Democrats. Well, that's not all they can do because in the other Georgia debate of Ossoff versus Purdue, uh, the other thing they can do is wuss out and not show up like like David Perdue uh, did or rather didn't do. I I would have loved to have been a, a fly on the wall at Clint Eastwood's house that that night to just be there when he audibly wondered why is why is Ossoff debating Obama and and when did he turn from right. an empty chair into an empty podium? I don't I don't understand <laughs> politics anymore. Right. I'm Clint Eastwood, but. Yeah, it's somewhat ridiculous that, and this is where we get into an issue that we have talked about multiple times on this show, because one of my biggest issues is when people, well, you can't call these people stupid. And I, I'm sort of stymied by that because it's like, well, what else do you call someone who refuses to acknowledge truth? Who There's someone who is in a cult. That's what it is. And I think none of us are equipped. The standard person, the standard Democrat liberal is not equipped with the knowledge and skill set to talk someone out of being a radical. What we need is training in the same things that people, you know, in probably the military have and how to talk to folks, how to message and talk people out of say the Taliban, talk them out of being terrorists. Cause that's the same shit. We're like two degrees away from having our own Taliban. That's how much they hate us. They already had plans to essentially commit terrorism against the governor in, um, Michigan, in Michigan which yeah. for some reason I want to call her Gretchen Wieners. I don't Whitmer. know why. Uh, <laughs> uh, what Whitmer, was uh, Whitmer. <laughs> oh God! What was the uh, movie Don Wiener? Uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's it's somewhat astounding that you know these these militias that I think it was the FBI earlier this year uh, released a report saying that you know radical right white militias pose the greatest danger domestically to America these days. And of course, the the White House completely downplayed that. But it it is true. And with this Texas lawsuit uh, that the Supreme Court shut down this week, and I I don't remember uh, if it was 
uh, Paxson's office in Texas, but someone, you know, released a statement saying, well, maybe, you know, these, these states uh, that do obey the Constitution, which is the exact opposite of what they're doing, should form their own states. And, and it's like, oh, oh, so you got, you're actually talking sedition and, and secession. And I thought that was interesting because something that was brought up this week in response to the Texas lawsuit is one of the uh, representatives I from somewhere up in the Northeast, I believe, uh, sent a note to Nancy Pelosi asking if she was going to invoke Section 3 of the 14th Amendment when the new session of Congress starts next year which basically says if you have committed treason or sedition uh, or, you know, propagated acts of treason or sedition after taking an oath to defend the Constitution, then you don't get to defend the Constitution anymore. And so basically, it would be constitutionally fair for Pelosi to refuse to seat these Republican representatives. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, I vote for that. Please, can we do that? Because the fact of the matter is they have to understand the people who are in these red states who honestly think that the Constitution is on their side need to understand wholeheartedly with three underlines in bold print highlighted with the brightest yellow that the Constitution is not on their side. Yeah, well, if if you just kind of draw down to what these folks believe in terms of the Constitution being on their side, I think it's kind of the same way they can justify calling themselves good Christians and defending Donald Trump and screaming about Black Lives Matter and basically taking a very anti-biblical Christian view of the world and justifying, well, that it says in the Bible that, that you know, God kills fags. And it's like, no, it, it doesn't say that anywhere. Uh, well, it says in the Constitution that, uh, you know, Trump should be our, no, doesn't, doesn't mention him at all in the Constitution. I think it's hilarious, too, that the, uh, the Trump nominated... He nominated to the Supreme Court strict constitutionalist justices who have dedicated their life to teaching constitutional law, and and that is their thing. It's what they've just been passionate about forever, and then he expects them to undermine the Constitution. Uh, No, buddy, are you dumb? But, I mean, I I think part of the issue, though, is that you know, much like the force in Star Wars that can be used for good or evil purposes. Alan Dershowitz used to be a good guy now, and he is, he is a, among the many other things, uh, he is, you know, failed underwear model, bane of his neighborhood on Martha's Vineyard, uh, supporter of Jeffrey Epstein, possible clients even. Uh, constitutional scholar, but he's become one of those guys like, well, let's use this for evil much like these, these hate preachers with the Bible. He has been able to twist certain writings in the constitution to suit his own agenda, even though Mm -hmm. 
if you look at the spirit of the framers. And I think this is, this is one thing that these, these constitutional originalists need to understand. Uh, and maybe, I don't know, maybe they should give a listen to villains of history. Maybe they should just sit down with Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Maybe they should watch the old SNL sketches with Phil Hartman doing unfrozen caveman lawyer. But when you try and look at current issues through the eyes of the framers, you're more likely to get unfrozen caveman lawyer. I, I am mystified. In my time, we didn't have cars. I just see these large metal masses moving swiftly at me. I don't understand them. I'm a caveman. So rather than looking at things in the eyes of the framers, and plus, with today's woke culture, maybe the framers aren't the best guys. Uh, oh, they, they held slaves? Well, yeah, maybe we didn't. we shouldn't rely completely on them and what you know what would thomas jefferson have done ask sally hemming she probably knows better than anyone else so i i believe in looking at the spirit of the law but no one not even lin-manuel miranda knows what was in the minds of the framers we have ideas we can look at their writings but you know, it, like we were talking about earlier. Oh, well, Thomas Jefferson blatantly said that he doesn't see America as a Christian nation and religion does not belong in politics. And he even like wrote his own, well, edited his own version of the Bible to, to take all the miracle stuff out, but keep all the moral lessons in. If, if you want to look at the, the mindset of the framers, that's great, but a lot has happened since they went away. Right. In any case, those constitutionalists came in really handy this uh, this week. <laughs> they did, but and again, being a cynic, I I somewhat wonder about their motives because I think it's Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Amy Covid Barrett were all lawyers in the Bush v. Gore decision. So mm-hmm. I, I wonder I if part that, of it is that they, oh. did they rule on their strict interpretation of the, the constitution or were they, was there a bit of self-interest in terms of maintaining the appearance of the integrity of the court or I just self preservation between being a lawyer and being a judge and being a lawyer your job is to advocate on behalf of your client and if you don't do your best at that well then you can get punished for that there, True. there's disciplinary action whereas as a judge their ju- their job is to you know rule on the law according to wait, the constitution and defend that and uphold the constitution so i I think and I would hope that they're they're people who are going to do the best that they can at the job that they have in that moment. So I do see your point, though. I mean, I, I, I think what you just said comes down to the I hope I would think. And they haven't been on the court long enough for us to really determine what they're actually going to do and if our hopes and thoughts are are accurate so i 
Mm, jury's still out. I, I think there there is a certain amount of self-interest involved in that I'm wondering if the the Department of Justice is going to engage in any sort of a purge of people that were brought into government positions, or if not a purge, an investigation. You know, there's still with Kavanaugh, there's still the the whole question about how did all his huge debts get paid off and by whom? There are people uh, looking into the Uline family who are pretty much the their bankroll and the Federalists. And for me, a big problem for me, it 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 bothers me that for years we have been hearing these right-wing conspiracy theorists talking about, oh, George Soros, and you know, which we all at this point know is code for Jews. Uh, but George Soros is funding the Democrats and Hillary Clinton. And when you actually have from our side, folks like Deutsche Bank and the Uline family and, and the, the Mercers and these people that are funding, you know, these right-wing propaganda machines and, and quote unquote think tanks. I, I definitely hear the, like when I talk about these folks who are funding the, the right and I hear the words coming out of my mouth, I hear like a slight echo of, oh God, do I sound like one of these, you know, right-wing conspiracy nuts? Yeah, I can, I can see that. It's like <laughs> the mirror image on the other side. I, I think I tweeted this morning. Um, I feel like the old Republican party is now the one percent, right? And then we have the 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 right, which is uh, full of I guess we call them alt right, but I call them conspiracy theory populists versus moderate Democrats versus the progressive socialist part of or democratic socialist, if you will, part of the left, right? So it's like four four groups, and then. I count the old Republicans and the 99% as their own political party because they might as well be because the money they have influences enough to sway the elections as though they were a much bigger voting bloc. Yeah. And I think, I think the Republican party has functioned like that, you know, of these two parties, you know, of the, the 1% and basically the ignorant foot soldiers and well, I mean, they really They're are just puppets because, in a game. Yeah, you look at at what the Republican Party has done since, like even as recently as the Tea Party. But they realize all these racists and fools Watch out, Watch support out. us. So let's. I mean, we may not necessarily agree with them, but they're going to provide enough smoke and, and cover for us to do our nefarious backroom dealings. Going back to Kelly Loeffler and, and David Perdue using uh, information they gleaned from their positions in the Senate to engage in a little old-timey insider trading. It's family tradition. But the the point being that the, the Tea Party, the militias, these these groups have been useful tools for the Republican power structure. But 
the the Frankenstein monster became too powerful. And I was talking about this on the show a few weeks ago and not trying to start a conspiracy theory. I'm still kind of on the fence about this and I, I'm the one who came up with it. Uh, but the idea that Trump and his cronies in the White House let the virus run rampant because they thought they could control it. And they thought they could use it to their benefit when it came to the election. I mean, there there is evidence I've heard yeah. of well, that's Jared the thing. actually saying these things like out loud, right. witnesses. And and it's, you know, Jared saying that, well, you know, it was just in the blue states and we thought, but I think they like totally their their virus protocol was let it go because either he's right and it'll go away in the summertime and he gets to be the hero or we'll get a vaccine in time for the election and he gets to be the hero but what they didn't count on was you know the virus not wanting to play along with them and just kind of doing its own thing and well, with, with telling like their own wildfire. people not to take it seriously that's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that okay well it's going to spread rampantly in your own communities who aren't taking precautionary measures you dum-dums yeah <laughs> and and the and the other thing i've heard too um is that in the blue states we have strong governments that are willing to spend money and take things seriously and plan out supply chain issues to make sure that we got the testing we needed to get our economy moving along at least in some degree like we've got our our productions back and uh, happening again in los angeles making movies making shows because we have the testing capability to make sure we can safely execute on on those productions and my buddy whose family lives in kansas was saying that they're still in a lot of parts of kansas not able to get tests um wow. you know yeah they're not and, getting anything but it, it they really what the pandemic did it really exposed the ignorance in our society and also the arrogance. The arrogance and, and the consequences of not spending when you need to spend. Sometimes you need a government that's willing to act. You can't just whittle away the government and say, we're never going to spend on anything and then expect it to right. be able to function at all. And and that's what's happened. And my friend's like, oh, I, it's because Netflix and they have a lot of money. And I say, not at all. That Kansas government has had nine months to plan out and solve the issues of getting enough vaccine, of getting the supply chain going, of raising taxes, getting emergency funds, borrowing. They could have had it fixed by now, and they don't. Well, I mean, when Trump says, I'm not going to help blue states, there are Republicans in those blue states. How can you say that? How can you go and say, I'm against California? There are Republicans who voted for you. Here, when you screw them, you screw me too. You're not... How do you expect that, that you're gaining anything? Well, he thinks that the Republicans out here are going to vote for him no matter what because they buy into the mythology. Remember, he said he can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and still have them vote for him. Right. At this point, four years later, I think we all would have been better off if he would have just shot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue instead of letting, what is it, 300,000 Americans die needlessly. It's, I also feel like he's got some bloodlust. A lot of Republicans, honestly, have a little bit of bloodlust oh, going on. Absolutely. You know, they, they think, 
but they kind them, of want there to be some some genocide or something to take people out because they think there are too many people in the world. You know, honestly, uh, that's how they feel. Yeah. So they're kind of like, yeah, let's let's have a, a pandemic wipe some people out. We need fewer wait, but, mouths. But well, you know, we we have to have a pandemic because wars don't poll really well, and the you know, there's a, a old punk song by the LA band Fear. Let's have a war. Uh, the first was, there's so many of us, there's so many of us, there's so many of us, repeatedly. Oh my gosh. Let's have a war. Well, uh, well, then the other bloodlust is that he's executing all these people. I like, was they think he's say, executing more people than yeah, any other president during this, the lame duck period. This is somewhat incredible. And one of the, one of the interesting, and I don't judge people based on their religion, but what I do judge them on is A, how they use that religion to guide their actions and be how much they want to force that religion down other people's throats. And our, our current, we'll see if he resigns before January 20th, but our current attorney general, Bill Barr is uh, allegedly a staunch Catholic, but being Catholic, as I understand it, if you, if you, Go by the scripture and and the official rule book. Uh, this whole thing of being pro life means that you are opposed to the death penalty, not looking at more archaic methods and bringing them back to satiate the bloodlust of a president. Wait a second, Dave. Did are you unaware of the Spanish Inquisition? I'm pretty sure they were Catholic. <laughs> Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> Get the comfy chair. I, think, I know. Coming uh, up with weird art. Three last chances. And kill people is the most Catholic thing I've ever heard of. Well, I, yeah, I, I wasn't going to say it, but Ms. <laughs> Alvarado, <laughs> you know, people, people get a little touchy when Jews start complaining about Christianity. Like <laughs> well, y'all don't like, have a history of it. trying to kill us. I, in the name of religion. So, Justified, I'm happy to complain about Catholics as someone who's a little bit indigenous, more so than <laughs> Warren. You know, a good like twenty percent ish Native indigenous in my heritage. I'm happy to say Sp- Spaniards and Catholics are fucking cruel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're fun at parties, I guess, until <laughs> until they reach that line and. No, no turning back from there. But yeah, you know, Kat, uh, you mentioned the the whole death penalty, let's kill all the federal inmates. And I think it's it's fascinating. And I would love to hear the, the psychologists analyze this. But the idea that, yeah, we need to bring back firing squads. And I don't know, can we get the gas chamber back? And I I just I don't get it, you know. I think it's more of a states' rights thing. They want to be able to choose in their state what they use. Just because they bring it back doesn't mean we can't outlaw it in California, you know. True. So, well, it costs for what that's dollars to execute somebody in California anyway. You can't even. I mean, it's going to be held up in court. That's why these guys sit on death row for thirty years. It costs too much money to kill them. By the time you kill them, how much money have you spent? You know, See, this you'd be is, better off just, just 
say life in prison and call it a day. We, we've talked about this on the show before, but I think this is why I need to, to make a job change and get into the executioner business. Because if it costs that much to execute someone, you figure a good chunk of that has to be going to the guy who flips the switch. Well, Dave, at least they, I don't know if you know the, the job of an executioner, but they do fly you in. They give you instructions on how to, to kill the guy. I mean, you'll go and talk to him. Hi, how are you? My name is so-and-so. I, I, I'll be your executioner for that. Really? Well, is there anything we can get you? I mean, they, they have you talk to him. They have you talk about what his last meal is or anything you want to say. You're going to be dying about such and such time. Uh, you know, we're going to do a few tests, blah, 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 blah. And then boom, they, they, they do the whole thing. Yes. Yeah, I think you know? I could uh, I could do that. And I'd be willing to undercut the, the current going rate because if it costs that much to execute someone, you know. You know yeah. Speaking of, speaking of executioners, have, I don't know if you've seen this HBO documentary called Crazy Not Sane, but I believe there's one part, and I think it's in this one, where she interviews a criminologist no no she interviews she is a criminologist she interviews an executioner and he claims that he doesn't feel any kind of sadness about executing all of these people and that he's like yeah it's fine i just do it it's just a job i do it i don't it doesn't affect me at all i just execute them i'm really good at it and i think he's an electrician by the way (laughs) (laughs) it's a good skill to bring to the table i would imagine right and then they have him show uh, the art. He says, oh, he, he takes some steam. He blows off some steam by painting. And they show his paintings. And they're just like people screaming in horror, like black blobs <laughs> with like red lightning bolts. It's just like the most disturbing painting of him getting those feelings out. And he's like, oh, I don't feel anything. Yes, he does. He just suppresses it a lot. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, I think a lot of Republicans could do with a little bit of a art therapy <laughs> years ago um oh man i think it was the radiohead album uh kid a where one of the one of the british newspapers played the album for a bunch of like preschoolers mm-hmm. and had them draw while they were listening to it and it was some of the most fucked up drawings like of like just bleak rain and you know sad puppies and stuff and it was just that's i think that is uh i i would i need to see this because i would love to see those paintings that's funny it's yeah it's you know it's amazing well, not everyone can write jokes so some people have to have to paint really scary yeah, well, shit to exercise the demons they do uh, i mean if you the old executioners, like the reason why they stop hanging is because, you know, they, they they you have to get the weight just right, and if it doesn't, then the head and the neck is still hanging up there, you know, and it they don't all you know, the people are sitting there choking. Same with the, um, you know, when you're uh, electrocuting people, you know, if you don't get everything right. You know, it's, it's, um, yeah, well, you know, and like Kat was saying, yeah, this guy who was in this documentary, he's an electrician. So it makes me wonder back when they were hanging people, did they try and hire the carnies who operated the booth where they guess your weight? (laughs) Like, and if they don't execute you, do you win the little troll doll? Oh, seems we got we got the weight wrong, uh, but I hey, we gonna, got some... I wonder if they're going to bring back guillotine. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? 
Well, you got to get someone to catch the blood. Oh, that's true. I think we should bring guillotines back in the uh, the blue states. Because, you know, just yeah, as an they, homage to yeah. <laughs> to our hatred of income inequality. Indeed. So, what's else? What else is on the uh, the agenda to talk about, Dave? That's well, yeah. What you do, you don't want to end on that note? <laughs> <laughs> but we, yeah, we we should end on on some good news. And going back to the conversation earlier about turning Trump properties into COVID leper colonies. Giuliani, I think we had mentioned earlier in the show, was diagnosed with the COVID uh, earlier this week, hospitalized, got out because he got the rich man's treatment. But his his sidekick, Jenna Ellis, also down with the COVID. And yeah. she she made a maskless appearance at the White House staff Christmas party. And the Wait, White with COVID? Yep, with COVID. I think it was pre-diagnosis but post exposure mm-hmm. and this was you know when rudy's had had its famous meltdown after that but the white house continues to have maskless parties so whether it's by design or not i have a feeling that as of january 21st mar-a-lago is going to be a, a new hot spot for covid <laughs> There's a good chance of that. Yep. Well, and and also Biden, when he goes into the White House, he's going to have to have that summer bit fumigated. Oh, there, yeah. They, uh, I saw an article there. There are already plans to have it steam disinfected. Uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? Well, it wasn't last week because we were off last week. But uh, last episode or a couple episodes ago, where we were talking about the whole idea of of tenting the White House. Like, you know, with the fumigators and just have the big striped tent over the White House. I think that would be, that should be like the image of the inaugural. Because you figure they're doing it remotely anyway because of COVID. There's not going to be a big to-do. Maybe the parking lot in Delaware. Right. But, uh yeah, they're going to need to. It's it, there. There are so many parallels. You, here, Kat, you wanted to end on a on a happier note. One of my all time favorite movies from childhood and and to this day is uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the the classic Gene Wilder, Jack Albertson, yeah, the original. And so many times this week, with every court challenge being that gets struck down. I just picture Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. You get nothing. You lose. Good day. I I said good day, sir. And I've been thinking about that as a parallel to what's been going on in Washington, D.C. And one of the other parallels with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, we were talking earlier about uh, who's going to get the vaccine when it comes out and I'm, I'm just picturing all these veruca salts daddy i want a vaccine i want a vaccine now i guess i'm i'm just kind of getting around to the point that uh, it's been a while since i've seen uh charlie <laughs> and the chocolate factory and maybe maybe there's some lessons in there that we could all gain from <laughs> i just can't wait for this to be over and the Trump administration, too, not just this podcast. <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> <Owie>. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I was. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I genuinely can't wait for this administration to be done with and just to have the Biden administration be a thing and just life calm, normal, peaceful, yeah, under, stable. Under sane leadership once more. My but, stress levels are going to go to half. Well, I think, you know, uh, for me, a lot of the stress is riding on what happens in the Georgia runoff elections. January 5th, yeah. that's that's the next big one. Because if the Republicans win the seats and maintain control of the Senate, that means we've got more Mitch McConnell and obstructionism and basically more of what we've had, this entitled Trumpism. I think maybe, maybe there is some hope, though, because if it's that close, then... You know, Senator Collins, Mitt Romney, you know, anyone else we can peel off. Maybe the outcome of the Georgia election doesn't matter as much. Well, I think we'll get um, if Oslop doesn't win, I think uh, I think Loeffler's going to lose. I think Warnock will probably get in, but I don't know about Oslop and Purdue. But I think uh, because Loeffler, I mean, she's got, you know, he really ate her up at the debate. She yeah. Not, she wasn't standing on anything. So I, I would think that he would probably win. I don't know about Oslop. I hope he does. You know, I mean, I, I hate to put it in such, you know, stark terms, but I, I think in terms of Georgia voters and not counting, you know, the big city folks who, who pulled Biden's bacon out of the grill uh, in the presidential, but mm-hmm. I, I think with the Warnock Loeffler race, it it is black and white, and <laughs> I mean literally. I see what you did and there. I think that's you know largely how people are going to vote because when well, when you look at Georgia Republicans, they're yeah, and all you got to they're do racist. Is yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, look, you can take if you want, you can take race out. Just sell them on fear. They are so, they need to ask that question. Ask white people, what the fuck are you afraid of? What, dude, you, you're in a melting pot. Immigrant, I mean, we are a, a multicultural country. And you gotta, and it's the only dude that's been. I can answer you. Shit. I can answer your thing. What are they afraid of? They are afraid that black people will kill them because <laughs> there is that myth of the, it's true. In South no, Africa, they think that there is a white genocide. And I think a lot of them are scared that that will happen to them. And I if think we it's absolutely silly. It, it's not going to happen. We, if we were going to do a cat, we'd have did it a long time ago. We have a list. We could have killed all the asses. Do you understand? I mean, they were doing, they were doing. Uh, what, at least one to two lynchings a week? And this is in the 30s and 40s. See, if no, we were going to do some killings, we got a lot of shit. Hell, they lynched my cousin, Thomas Ship. Hello? I mean, it's like... Now I'm, now I'm feeling killings, like Ebenezer Scrooge. Like, it's not so, too late. You can still do yeah. it. It's Christmas morning. Kill Whitey. Wait, no, yeah. that's that was not the... Yeah. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have watched uh, that version of a christmas carol but it's <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah, an interesting I mean, one it, to it, do it actually. would have been we have we have been so far and all we've asked and and you know what and it, it, it's gotten to the point you know black people were even ready to embrace segregation 
and say, okay, you don't want us around? Hell, we'll build our own shit. No problem. But every time we built it, you burned it down. We did everything you asked us to do, and you, it still was never enough. I don't get it. I don't know what, what more you want. You said we were lazy when we quit working for free. Hello? Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. It's amazing. Well, yeah. So there is there. I, I guess the moral of the story is there is hope for the future, but for now, we still got a lot of the same old issues to work through. So, having said that, and having movies like Willy Wonka and Scrooge, which I think is the best interpretation of Dickens' Christmas Carol, uh, we have things to watch. That's why aren't there more Christmas movies? That's what I'm wondering. They're, they're just, they're really, I don't know. Couldn't the Hallmark people get on this? Um, that there's more than enough, but for now I'm going to focus on, on Willy Wonka and the lessons that we learned or were supposed to learn from that movie as applied to the current administration. And, uh, yeah. So we will be back next week in one way or another. Hopefully you will too. I want to thank our panelists for joining me today. Cat Alvarado, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people keep up with you and what you've got going on in the coming days, weeks, and months? Sure. So you can find me at the Cat Alvarado, C-A-T-A-L-V-A-R-A-D-O on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, you will find a lot of funny little videos and upcoming shows. On Twitter, you can see my ongoing commentary about other things on Twitter. <laughs> um, wow, how about whatever's a- trending. And, um, and actually, I do have a fundraiser coming up this December the 18th. I'm doing a fundraiser for hurricane relief in Nicaragua. They were hit with two big hurricanes in November so I will be donating all the proceeds to two organizations, the Albaro Foundation and uh, Chavalos de Aquí y Allá, both of which um, they will actually you know, deliver the aid down there in, in a trustworthy way. They are legit foundations. So not just going to throw paper towels? Help them. Yeah. No, they will not just throw paper towels. They will actually help them rebuild. And it's it's got a lot of great comedians. We have um, Orlando Leiba, who was on HBO's Entre Nos. He has a half-hour special on that. Also, Eric Rivera and Chris Estrada. So all three of them, so, so funny. And I feel so lucky to have them on the show. Right on. Well, we will be looking for that. Uh, shoot me the details. We will uh, we'll promote that. And thanks again for being with us today. Thank Mr. you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Mr. Time and Ship, thank you for being with us once again. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Uh, timeandship.com, which is my website. And time and ship at Instagram, time and ship at Facebook, time and ship at Twitter. You can get my book, My East St. Louis, uh, on Amazon.com, as well as my CD, Universal Brother, uh, my comedy CD, Universal Brother, on iTunes and uh, CD Baby. Good old CD Baby. Um, so, yeah, but that's it. Good to be here with you, Dave, as always. Yeah. 
Right. Saturday <laughs> it's it's a Shabbos thing. It's what we do. Uh, me, I am Dr. David Robinson. I am going to be hunkering down. But if you are on the interwebs, you can catch me on the socials on Facebook. I am Dr. David Robinson, all spelled out. And on the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. If you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials as well. On Facebook, all spelled out, let's be treasonable. And on the Twitter, we are at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, want to thank you for being with us. If you liked what you heard, tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening, even the ones where you're not, if you have the time. If you didn't like what you heard, well, not sure why you stuck around this long, but thanks for doing it. Make a deal with you. You don't tell anyone. We don't tell anyone everybody's happy we will be back next week in one form or another hopefully you will too until then goodbye, goodbye. Bye. Bye.